Welcome back to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, where we upload a new episode about twice a month on Thursdays, and we're glad you're listening today. My name is Dave John. I'm here with Tim Price, and today we want to talk about building the habit of Scripture first. Welcome back to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, where we upload a new episode about twice a month on Thursdays, and we're glad you're listening today. My name is Dave John. I'm here with Tim Price, and today we want to talk about building the habit of Scripture first. Now, if I had some time in the editing to add specific music to each welcome, I would have used Gregorian chants and Latin Scripture being read. But we're keeping it simple. And speaking of simple, if you'd like to become a sponsor of this podcast, we'd love to have you and share about your work. Go to worshipleadertoolbox.com sponsor. Before we get into this topic, let's talk about instrument repair. Uh, Tim, how often do you have to have your instruments worked on, repaired, maintenanced? Well, um, that's a great question. And um, and if I could, I'd back up to your uh, thought about doing Gregorian chant because we're talking about scripture. That cracked me up. So special music based on the topic. And who knows what it'd be for other things, but that would be hilarious. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty cool. Um, instrumental repair. Well, I... I basically have this guy that I take stuff to. His name is Jim Gravity. He's out of St. Louis, Missouri. He's been around forever, evidently. And if uh, for some reason somebody that knows Jim Gravity is listening to this podcast, send us a note. Tell us uh, what your experience is. But my experience is that he does excellent stuff. It's just a small, not not really small, but it's just a downtown shop. And it's right there, uh, right by the river in St. Louis. And... um and one of the interesting things is he, he really gets passionate about the instrument. Like I took my one old guitar over there I'd had since the early nineties and played it to death. And, um, he called back to say, well, it doesn't look too good. I think she's tired. Just attaches a, a pronoun to it and says time for her to retire. And, and uh. it just, it was interesting that he, he sits in the back room, I guess, and works on these instruments and kind of really gets a connect to him. So that's pretty cool. But not the only. I hardly ever do any repair on my instruments. I pretty much just play them until something goes wrong, and then I have somebody help. But I do like trying to make sure there's a little strap hole on my acoustic guitar down at the bottom, so that there's not a strap going down to the top of the neck. That drives me nuts. So mm-hmm. adding little strap holes and stuff like that isn't too difficult. But even that, I usually farm out to somebody. So what about yeah. you? Do you do? I imagine you do a lot of tinkering. Uh, well, yeah, I've always loved to to build and, and fix and repair and everything, uh, other things. So I got I got into guitar repair uh, a couple of years ago. Well, at COVID time, uh, got some tools, learned a bunch of stuff, and um, I would never want to do this for a full time job because um, I'm a little bit clumsy. <laughs> but uh, I do like being able to work on my own stuff and ha- instead of having to take it somewhere else. And I think. I just want to put a shout out to anybody listening that might have a slight inclination to uh, mechanical things, woodworking, um, a little bit, a little bit of electronics. Um, if you're able to jump in there and get some basic tools, you would be a huge blessing to your congregation. So if you have only one guitar player, that might not be all that important, but if you have a larger church and uh, you want to just be able to bless people and save money and all that. Uh, there's some really simple things that don't require an expert that most people will take their instrument for uh, to, to an expert for. Oh, definitely. When just the right file, like for instance, uh, fret ends, uh, the ends of your frets gets sharp and everything. 
there's uh, some special files that are 20 bucks a piece. And you can take care of that yourself. Um, you mentioned the um, uh, the pins, for you know, strap pins, mm-hmm. for, for putting your strap on the right way. Or even just as simple as guitar strings. Like some people buy a oh, guitar yeah. and they're like, can you change these strings for my child? They're going to charge me $35 <laughs> at the place. And yeah. it's just, it's crazy. So yeah. that's huge. Yeah, change help. your own strings. Uh, even changing out your own tuners is really not that big of a deal. Just making sure that the, the whole spaces are right. Hmm. Um, uh, now, one thing you don't want to touch is if your bridge is lifting. So the piece of wood that's glued to the top of your uh, guitar body that holds the strings at that end. Um, if that starts to lift, yeah, take it somewhere. Yeah. But most yeah, other definitely. things, uh, give it a try. Give it a try. Interesting. It probably depends on how much the guitar is worth to you or the instrument in whatever fashion. And that type of stuff is part of the part of the equation to how much you're going to tinker around with it. But oh, it is. Yeah, if you've got a very nice guitar, you yeah. can probably take it to somebody. But, but you can practice on the cheaper ones. That's exactly right. Yeah, go out and get yourself a couple of cheap ones and do some like major repairs on them. That uh, doesn't really matter if you mess them up or not, so that you can have that experience. Um, we got yeah. a, we got a couple guys in the praise band that build them and paint them and change out the pickups and do everything so it's pretty oh, wow. wild but anybody listening if you have any big questions dave at worshipleadertoolbox.com he's gonna become a full-time guitar tech <laughs> okay <laughs> uh how does the habit of scripture first play into the life of a worship leader well we've got three things here today and so we'll just share all three and then we'll talk a little bit about it but um this is the the firsts one is scripture should be the first of the day. Scripture should be the first in planning and scripture should be the first in our response. And so as far as the first of the day goes, that's pretty obvious that we want to build into our life, the habit of reading God's word in the morning. And, um, it's really just a life changer. Even if you don't do your quiet time Bible study, even just reading the verse of the day type stuff that shows up on your phone is, is powerful. And, um, it shouldn't just be a to-do list item, although I do include it on my to-do list, but it's really more of the life-giving freedom as you focus the day on um, the joy and the peace and the contentment and the the motivation that comes from really a source that is a deep well that's alive and living. It's the voice of Jesus, and we're uh, connecting with that right off the bat every day. And I can just think so many other things that eke into my life as the first of the day, if I'm not careful. And Mm -hmm. the worst of that is like scrolling Facebook or Instagram as the first thing of the day. Like that's just a, that sets you up for a a little bit of a blah morning, (laughs) at least in my world. (laughs) It does. It does. And I mean, with the Facebook, I try to have as many subscriptions to uh, scripture based um, pages or or whatever. When I am scripted, I, I get that. But um, I do want to say something about the whole verse of the day thing through the email. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people get the, um, is it you version? You version's one of them. There's a bunch. And, yeah. And at first I thought, it's 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 10 words. It's maybe three sentences or whatever. How yeah. is that going to help anybody? And I started having it. And to me, I actually enjoy the fact that it's only 10 words. Mm-hmm. It's only three sentences. It's only half of a paragraph or whatever. And you're able to focus on just that right then, right yeah. there, instead of having a whole chapter. There's times where you should read a whole chapter, two chapters, whatever it is, yeah. for whatever goals you're trying to reach. But when you get that one sentence first thing in the morning from your email, uh, that's powerful. 
Yep, that's true. Yeah, there's a lot of standalone verses that make a huge impact on the way you live your life. And then, yeah, you want to you don't want to negate the Bible study and the 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 cool stuff that comes from seeing what's before and what's after and what words are repeated and how often somebody says something and all those things that help you like find the impact of God's word when you're going deeper. But yeah, scripture first in the morning doesn't have to be fancy. And even if you're at the breakfast table with family, if that's even a thing anymore, because breakfast is so scattered with everybody having to get places, but um, mm-hmm. even just reading that or, or playing the little video or something from, from mm-hmm. you version at least. But Yep, that's where that's one habit that can be definitely in place in the life of a worship leader is the scripture should be one of the firsts of the day. The next one is scripture should be first in planning. This one's probably a little more of a challenge for people because if you know that you have to get planning done, then you jump into I mean, I'm convicted of this in some sense because I am probably more likely to go to songselect.com than I am to, you know, jump to the scripture. But it all does work together, I realize that. But if you can build a habit of Scripture first in planning, that means that you for sure read the passage or the the theme or the, the Scripture around what the message is going to be, and that will give you a foundation. Um, and it will help just kind of call to mind the, the, the work that God is doing, help hear God's voice as you're trying to inspire the church in music, but other components as well. So we don't want to throw out the production notes and the cues and all the creative components but we don't want to begin there. So if you're building a worship service around a cool song, then that might be, um, it might work here and there, but you really want to build it around the scripture. And so there's a lot to that. I know sometimes people feel like they don't have the scripture that they need at the right time to pick the songs. And depending on the flow of your pastor, that might be the case. But if that is the case, then you just start with scripture about worship and help that kind of help plan and get things going. The worst, and I've experienced it numerous times, is when the preacher gets up and shares a message on a scripture that has a song that everyone is thinking of because that song is so popular at that moment about that scripture, and it's not on the list because you didn't actually oh. read it. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's happened before, and, and that makes me motivated to think I've always got to make sure I go to scripture first, find out what that is. Yeah. So on Father's Day, um, they don't do good, good father. <laughs> you gotta go. You gotta go to scripture so you can for sure not do the wrong song. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always think on Father's Day. It's like, oh man, are they gonna do good, good father again? <laughs> well, I did hear one time. I don't know if it's this. Is probably just one of those preacher stories, but I heard one time about a guy that was first Sunday at church, and he preached about we're moving forward, we're moving ahead, we're doing new things, we're gonna step out and and unbeknownst to the choir and the music group they didn't know what the sermon was going to be and they stood up for the closing song as we shall not be moved <laughs> <laughs> oh man yep yep worship faux pas yeah there's a lot of those i'll tell you this is a side note too but one time i remember um having a song planned and this song and before that was a testimony and the way the testimony went there was no way in the world we could sing this song. And I can't remember what it, what it was, but um, the testimony was really heart-wrenching. And we had some just way too peppy of a song. And we had to switch. And it's been years and years back. But I remember we switched to Better Is One Day on the fly. And mm-hmm. it was it was interesting. So 
there's always there's always little snags here and there and the lord just the holy spirit always works it out ties connects the dots and makes it happen and people come out wow it was awesome it was great but we um definitely want to seek the scripture first so that that's like a foundation but you know at the risk of going off on a rabbit trail um can i go on a rabbit trail <laughs> sure we got time <laughs> okay uh so what i've seen is some of the uh the the black gospel churches is the organ player and the the full band like is tuned to the organ player or maybe the piano player, whoever is, is the leader of the of the band. Mm-hmm. And they actually will play during the sermon. So the the pastor is making a really exuberant point and then da 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 yeah. you know and they're all on cue and all that. And um I wonder how much of that we should start actually incorporating that. You know, it's a little bit of distraction to a congregation who's never seen that before. Mm-hmm. That would be a little little bit odd. But just that idea that you're able to change on the fly. So if you, you know, like you said, the testimony, it needs a different song. So, okay, quickly, we have to adapt to that. Yeah. Uh, if we had that mindset to always be ready, always be prepared, maybe have a list of five songs that we always know and everybody's got memorized so that we can just pull one of those songs if we need to. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, that, and, and a lot of that is just the anchor person and either people follow or you just have to say something like, um, we were going to sing this song, but, uh, everybody can lay low here. I'm just wanting to play this on acoustic guitar as we respond to this testimony or this mm-hmm. message or whatever. And the biggest goal with all the various ways that new worship ministry happens with all the components. I mean, there's not hymnals. You can't just switch gears and switch the number for the hymnal. You got to have mm-hmm. it, the words up on the screen. There's just so many variables in that that we really just have to be trusting the Holy Spirit is working in our advanced planning. However, this idea of... Um, you know, that music kind of, it's almost like a tonight show feel like there's just music going back there to kind of stir emotion and, and make an impact. And one of the simplest ways I found to do that is like the, um, the music behind prayers or, or testimonies, like you're just up there and you start playing guitar. And it is amazing because in some ways you can kind of direct a service or almost even direct the length of somebody talking based on how you're playing the music. Right. And it's pretty, music's just powerful in that way. But um, doing that can kind of get the ball rolling for them to think about that. And then sometime you could experiment with a preacher that says, all right, here's my message. And when I get to page three of five, it's really going to take a turn. And it'd be great if somebody's up here playing the piano. Like that would be mm-hmm. pretty simple because everybody thinks it's about ready to close anyway. And, it, and they don't even think about the fact that it's still going to be seven or eight, ten minutes. Somebody's back mm-hmm. there playing. But I recorded a whole instrumental acoustic album based on music that I played during altar times at camps. And nice. and the the name of it is Altar. So if anybody's interested in looking that up, it's just basically prayer music. And you can get on Spotify or YouTube or any of them. Just type in Tim Price Altar and pull up a bunch of prayer music. So That is really handy. Mm-hmm. Especially if you need it yourself, you've probably got a copy somewhere. If, you, if you're having, you know, the, the plug on your guitar isn't working and you don't need sound or whatever, you can just pop that in real quick. Oh, yeah, definitely. We have, I mean, I'm I'm talking like camp kind of settings and conferences where you have ample time. There's not like worship service after worship service on a Sunday morning, but some of those nights they go, you know, 60, 75 minutes of just playing background music while people spend time praying. And there've been a lot of times when I'll play for half of that maybe. And then somebody in the back will fire up this album of me continuing to play basically the same stuff. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's better than a loop pedal. Yeah. I've, I've had to use a loop pedal on several occasions. Well, that, that but... works too. This yeah. um, I went old school, just to actually record the whole thing. That's good. Yep. J- Justin recorded it back years ago now. So. Nice. Well, number three, scripture should be first in our response. 
This is a great habit to get into as well, because if you get a tough question or you get some bad news or you hear about some drama in your church or whatever, um, or maybe it's the opposite. You're just soaring high and everybody's, you know, how are you doing? How's it going? All that. Um, I just think it's good to recall and incorporate scripture into your responses as opposed to um, just sort of saying the latest quote you read on Twitter or some self-help book. It's more like you have this habit of responding in a way that is uh, more foundational. So some of this stuff might be more along the lines of, you know, you're not sure of what fork in the road to take. And so you kind of remind yourself, Proverbs 3, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, or you're faced with something outside of your control and it's not a good situation. Often I'll recall Exodus 14, 14 that says the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And there are just a million other scriptures that kind of help inform our next steps or our conversations and our responses to people. And most often in my experience, that's been when somebody is hurting or some something is being said that you don't really like. And, and that just, it's just a good habit to respond with scripture first, as opposed to just going willy nilly with a reaction and then trying to backpedal to have more of a foundation. Yeah. I noticed that too. It's, it's, uh, it's, you're more likely to respond with scripture when somebody is in pain and hurting and having a loss or something like that. But I don't see a whole lot of rejoicing. Like, Oh, I just got a promotion at work or whatever the case may be. I don't see a lot of scripture for that. I think we ought to be doing that some more too. Yeah. I can't remember the scripture now, but I say it every morning on my little, uh, declaration things and I would look it up except, um, I think it's, well, here, here it is actually. Psalm 70, verse 4. Um, there's a phrase in here that says, May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, God is great. And um, I heard that, read that once, and I stuck it in my little daily pop up because um, that's hilarious. Repeatedly shout it. <laughs> Can you imagine? Everybody says joyful things or, How you doing? God is great. And yell it out. And <laughs> just, but, but people basically say that when they say, Praise the Lord. Or, yeah. you know, in the old days, PTL was a big thing to say. And some oh people my. still add it to their, you know, emails if they're above a certain age. But um, that's just, yeah, that that is true. <laughs> like, it's not always the, the lows and the valleys when you need to get serious and, and contemplate, you know, a scripture, Psalm 23 or whatever. It's also in the daily fun and excitement of life. So Yeah. You remember when people said, um, God is good, and everybody says, all, all the time, that, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. When I was younger, I used to think, oh, that is so dumb. That is so annoying. That's, everybody says that all the time, whatever. <laughs> and as I'm getting older, I, I realized, oh, there's some there's some value in it. But it was very brand new when it was very brand new, and it wasn't the same old, same old. And so as long as you keep those brand new things coming out, I think that's a good way to to have to build that community and uh, you know have this response like a greeting, like, hi, how are you? Oh, good, how are you? Well, it got us good all the time. Yeah. You know, so we should... We should actually incorporate. Let's, let's make some up. Let's maybe have AI. No, just kidding. Oh. Let's not have AI do that. <laughs> it, that is interesting. I mean, and and the fact is, it's always new for some people, whether it's old or not. And so, well, true. So, yeah, it, there's a whole generation you're kind of growing up with some of that. That's basically you're describing liturgy, and some churches yeah. build their entire worship intro on that. God is good all the time, and everybody says all the time, God is good. And so that is a that's just one example, and. It's probably in some ways one of the most famous little bits of liturgy that churches use a lot, but yeah. there could be other ones. And so, yeah. That's All right. Well, I would encourage everybody out there if you've got that creativity bug in you to to be to be a writer to be whatever, 
come up with some of this stuff and just start saying it and have other people say it mm-hmm. and let's start a new little wave yeah, just, of just, these sayings. Just act like it's totally normal. I, I heard uh, Leonard Sweet one time get up at a session and he said, good morning, saints. And everybody said, good morning, kind of laughed. And then he paused a second and he said, good morning, sinners. And everybody really laughed. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So that's like one of those little things. I'm just going to get up next Sunday and say, good morning, sinners. <laughs> <laughs> I might do that too, except I think okay. I'm, I'm playing bass next Sunday, so I may not have a microphone. But Nice. All right. This is all good stuff. Very good to keep in mind. And I personally am um, reminded uh, for all this stuff in my own personal life, let alone in worship. So I really appreciate this, uh, this content, Tim. Um, and we'll get together next time. Yep. Sounds great. Thanks. Have a good one. See ya. Good morning, sinners. (laughs) Well, number three, scripture should be first in our response. This is a great habit to get into as well, because if you get a tough question or you get some bad news or you hear about some drama in your church or whatever, um, or maybe it's the opposite. You're just soaring high and everybody's, you know, how are you doing? How's it going? All that. Um, I just think it's good to recall and incorporate scripture into your responses as opposed to... um, just sort of saying the latest quote you read on Twitter or some self-help book. It's more like you have this habit of responding in a way that is uh, more foundational. So some of this stuff might be more along the lines of, you know, you're not sure what fork in the road to take. And so you kind of remind yourself, Proverbs 3, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, or you're faced with something outside of your control and it's not a good situation. Often I'll recall Exodus 14, 14 that says the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And there are just a million other scriptures that kind of help inform our next steps or our conversations and our responses to people. And most often in my experience, that's been when somebody is hurting or some something is being said that you don't really like. And, and that just, it's just a good habit to respond with scripture first, as opposed to just going willy-nilly with a reaction and then trying to backpedal to have more of a foundation. Yeah, I noticed that too. It's it's uh it's you're more likely to respond with scripture when somebody is in pain and hurting and had a loss or something like that, but I don't see a whole lot of rejoicing like, oh, I just got a promotion at work or whatever the case may be. I don't see a lot of scripture for that. I think we ought to be doing that some more too. Yeah, I can't remember the scripture now, but I say it every morning on my little uh, declaration things and I would look it up, except um, I think it's, well, here here it is actually. Psalm 70, verse 4. Um, there's a phrase in here that says, May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, God is great. And um, I heard that, read that once, and I stuck it in my little daily pop-up because um, that's hilarious. Repeatedly shout it. <laughs> Can you imagine? Everybody says joyful things or how you doing? God is great and yell it out. And just, <laughs> but but people basically say that when they say praise the Lord, or yeah. you know, in the old days, PTL was a big thing to say, and some oh people my. still add it to their you know emails if they're above a certain age. But um, that's just yeah, that that is true. <laughs> like it's not always the the lows and the valleys when you need to get serious and and contemplate you know a scripture, Psalm twenty three or whatever. It's also in the daily fun and excitement of life. So yeah. You remember when people said, um, God is good, and everybody says, all, all the time, the, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. 
when I was younger, I used to think, oh, that is so dumb. That is so annoying. That's everybody says that all the time, whatever. <laughs> and as I'm getting older, I, I realized, oh, there's some, there's some value in it, but it was very brand new when it was very brand new and it wasn't the same old, same old. And so as long as you keep those brand new things coming out, I think that's a good way to, to have to build that community and, uh, you know, have this response, like a greeting, like, hi, how are you? Oh, good. How are you? Well, it got us good all the time. Yeah. You know, so we should, we should actually incorporate, let's, let's make some up. Let's maybe have AI. No, just kidding. Oh. Let's not have AI do that. It, that is interesting. <laughs> I mean, and, and the fact is it's always new for some people, whether it's old or not. And so. Well, true. So yeah. it, there's a whole generation you're kind of growing up with some of that. That's basically, you're describing liturgy and some churches yeah. build their entire worship intro on that. God is good all the time. And everybody says all the time, God is good. And so that is a, that's just one example. And it's probably in some ways one of the most famous little bits of liturgy that churches use a lot, but yeah. there could be other ones. And so, yeah. That's All right. Just... Well, I would encourage everybody out there. If you've got that creativity bug in you to, to be, to be a writer, to be whatever, come up with some of this stuff and just start saying it and have other people say it. Mm-hmm. And let's start a new little wave. Yeah, just, of just, these sayings. just act like it's totally normal. I, I heard uh, Leonard sweet one time, get up at a session. He said, good morning, saints. And everybody said, good morning, kind of laughed. And then he paused a second. Then he said, good morning, sinners. And everybody really laughed. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So that's like one of those little things. I'm just going to get up next Sunday and say, good morning, sinners. <laughs> <laughs> I might do that too. Except I think okay. I'm, I'm playing bass next Sunday, so I may not have a microphone. But Nice. All right, this is all good stuff. Very good to keep in mind, and I personally am um, reminded uh, for all this stuff in my own personal life, let alone in worship. So I really appreciate this uh, this content, Tim. Um, and we'll get together next time. Yep, sounds great. Thanks. Have a good one. See ya. Good morning, sinners. <laughs> 